Blog Talk Radio. Interviewing your favorite musicians, comedians, and other creative souls. This is the Carrie Edelman Show. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Carrie Edelman Show. I am ex- super excited tonight as we have Jeff Stebbins, the vocalist, coming on from Three Pill Morning, the hard rock band. And these guys have a new amazing album called Never Look Back. It is going to be out on July 29th. So I highly recommend you pick up a copy, and we're going to check out a couple of their singles tonight, too. Before I bring them on the air, I just want to do a brief introduction to my show, if anyone new is tuning in tonight. Uh, just like Jeff, um, hard work, perseverance, and being resilient really does pay off. I've done over 200 interviews now, and uh, Three Pill Morning is going to be one of the amazing bands that I have joined my show tonight. And some of the bands I've had on have been Tremonti, Trivium, Sick Puppies, Lacey Sturm of Flyleaf, Sons of Texas, Red Sun Rising, and Shaman's Harvest, to name a few. So please check out the interviews, support these bands, support these artists. I also do interviews with comedians, filmmakers, and other entertainers. And really, I started this show about five years ago to create a forum to bring people on and just support them, help them spread the word and get their name out there. Personally, I know how challenging it can be, especially when you do everything independently. A little bit about my background. I have my doctorate degree in clinical psychology, and I really love interviewing people, and my other passion is the entertainment industry. So I wanted to combine my two passions together and create this forum. Uh, Although I mentioned I have a background in psychology, I just like to throw out there that my show is purely meant for entertainment purposes. And um, we're not doing any formal therapy, but we do like to uh, joke around sometimes. So I definitely want my guests to feel open to discuss whatever they'd like, but just to keep any specific names um, anonymous if we're going to share any potential embarrassing stories. So if you're tuning in, create a Blog Talk Radio account by going to blogtalkradio.com. And if you want to dial in tonight, the number is 805-243-1320. I am going to be primarily focused on the interview because I am a one-person show here, but I do have a chat room open, so if people want to go back and forth in there, maybe during one of the breaks when I'm playing a song, I'll try to check in there if you have any questions or comments that you want me to um, communicate to Jeff. All right, so let's do a nice introduction for Three Pill Morning, and then we're going to bring Jeff on. So I've actually interviewed them before, but it's been, uh, I can't believe it's been three years since I interviewed these guys, and they initially had their debut album which was titled black tie love affair it was a great album and i think they've really topped it this time with this one i love black tie love affair but this album definitely is going to be heavier it's going to be edgier they got a lot more textures and layers going on but uh one thing that definitely is not missing is their catchy sound and uh jeff's amazing vocals and memorable lyrics that you just will not get out of your mind so they're currently on tour uh, with uh, Thousand Foot Crutch, Adelita's Way, and Smashing Satellites, another amazing group of bands. It's titled The Exhale Tour, so I definitely want people to check them out. And like I said in the beginning of the show, and I also, I think, posted it in the chat room, be sure to pick up a copy of their album titled Never Look Back, which is going to be out on July 29th. features the hit single Electric Chair, which I hear all over Octane and uh, the major radio stations. So with that uh, not being further said, I want to give a special thanks out to Ryan Feldman from Fresno Media LLC for setting up this interview. He's been great to work with and uh, definitely want to promote him, too. All right. So let's bring Jeff on the air. Hey, Jeff. How are you? Good, Carrie. I've also got John Stevenson, our guitar player, sitting here with me, too. 
kind of cool. And I think, I'm not sure if I interviewed, I think I interviewed John when he was with Digital Summer. I'm not sure if it was him. That was the man. It was? All right. I, was, I knew he was with Digital Summer, and I know he's uh, all over the social media. He looks like he's got this great personality. I always see him interacting with everyone. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, gosh, it's been a while. Geez, between Digital Summer and then, you know, interviewing you. Like I said, I can't believe it's been three years. So, Welcome back on. Congratulations uh, with the new album that you guys have coming out on July 29th. It is, it's killer. It's really great. I can't get enough of it. Awesome. We'd love to hear that. And thanks for having us. Yeah, time flies when you're having fun, I guess. I can't believe it's been three years. But yeah, I'm, here we are. We're excited to get that album out. Nice, nice. So let's, since you're both going to join me tonight, I'll have to switch things up a little bit, but I definitely can be flexible and go with the flow. Let's start out a little bit. Um, and I had prepared, you know, the interview primarily for you, Jeff, because I thought you were just calling him, but it's great to have John on too. Let's talk a little bit about, you know, each of you can comment back and forth. Um, why don't you start, Jeff, with just talking a little bit about, you know, where you grew up in Minneapolis. Tell us a little bit about just, you know, what you were like as a kid, some of your maybe interest outside of music so people can get a good flavor of who you were, and then we'll get into talking about how you got involved in music. Sure. Uh, yeah, small-town northern Minnesota kid. I did what most small-town northern Minnesota kids do. We played sports and fished and hunted and, and did all that kind of stuff. So that used to be a, a lot of what I did, very interested in, in anything sporting-related. Obviously, once music comes around, that, that kind of shifts things from being able to do that. But, yeah, that's, that's a lot of my background. I mean, just... What, like what type of um, yeah? What type of sports did you play? Did you play anything competitively, or what were your main sports that you were involved in? Yeah, yeah, I, I play everything competitively, no matter what it is. Um, but you know, <laughs> uh, basketball, baseball, um, you know, are probably my two primary sports, and still love playing those today. Nice, nice, cool. And what about you, John? Tell us a little bit about you know what town did you grow up in, and some of your interests as a kid. Yeah, I'd just like to start by saying Jeff's that asshole that is good at everything, so never challenge him <laughs> at ping-pong or anything that you don't really practice at, he's going to win. Uh, okay. I grew up in uh, north Louisiana, uh, right outside of Shreveport, and uh, like you said, I was in Digital Summer, which is based out of Phoenix, so that's where I live right now. Um, just to answer the same question you just asked Jeff, uh, Pretty much the same, you know, grew up playing sports. Um, I'm a big Cowboys fan. They're America's team. Probably going to lose some listeners because of that. <laughs> um, still to this day, I like going to a lot of sports games, um, obviously watching sports, especially on the road. Um, it's, you know, we can watch any sports games really on any website. So, okay. Um, and what did you, what did you play, John? Be a little, you know, be a little more specific in terms of so people can get a good, you know, feel for what you would like to do. Yeah, I used to play baseball, football, and basketball, but I guess basketball is my strong suit. Okay, nice, nice. So when you kids were, you know, when you guys were growing up as kids, you know, tell us a little bit about your family. I guess we can go back to you, Jeff, in terms of, you know, again, with what you feel comfortable sharing. I like to make my interviews a little different and, uh, you know, pull some stuff that people might not find other places. So, you know, share us a little bit about how many siblings do you have? What did your parents do for a living? Sure. Um, yeah, I've got a brother and a sister and uh, parents that were both teachers. So uh, they uh, they knew I was in trouble before I knew I was in trouble for the most part. Uh, so it was cool, you know, growing up. I mean, just like uh, the music path that I've chosen, obviously a, a very supportive family and, uh, you know, 
had our had our love of music and and some of the other things we love to do very young, and that's kind of just continued to translate as as I've taken on more and more you know things like music. And anyone, Jeff, anyone in your family involved in music or entertainment, any type of aspect of the industry? No. No, no. I was the only one to go this crazy route. The rest of them are a lot okay. smarter than I am. They chose uh, <laughs> those better careers, but no, it's uh, it's cool how it's all kind of worked out, though. Nice. And what do your what do your siblings do? Um, they work. They just work. <laughs> okay. They work. Okay. Um, and what about you, John? Tell us a little bit about again your family. If you have any brothers and sisters, what they do. Yeah, I'm the youngest of five. I have two brothers and two sisters. Oh, wow. And uh, most of them still live in Louisiana, some in parts of Texas. Uh, my mom's side, that was a big musical family, so that's kind of where I picked it up from. Um, they never did anything outside of, you know, bar gigs, club gigs, no touring or anything um, prominent like that. So I was uh, the one that took the risk and tried it out. Okay, but you interestingly, and refresh my memory, because again, I, I have a decent memory, but it's been some time. I remember when you were in Digital Summer, and then I want to ask Jeff a similar question, we'll, we'll fast forward a little bit and kind of move around. You were also, you were working. I remember all of you guys had some interesting different jobs that you did on the side while you were trying to, you know, also pursue Digital Summer, you know, as a as a major career too. And what were you doing? Right. Uh, I'm actually still doing the same job. I worked as an accountant for a web design company. Okay. Wow. So do you do that work on the road? Is that something you can do while you're traveling? Yeah. Uh, well, when I'm in Phoenix, I go in the office and work. But when we're on tour, I work remotely. So it uh, works cool. out pretty good. That's great. That's great. And what about you, Jeff, in terms of are you doing anything when you guys are, you know, if you're taking a break or you're working on some music and you're not touring, do you do anything for work? Yeah. I mean, we all try to make a couple extra dollars whenever we can. Um, I'm more on the sales side of things. So I do some head hunting here and there, just try to get smart people into companies and make a little money on the side doing that. So that's what we've all tried to do is just figure out jobs that we can't get fired from the second we hit right. the road and <laughs> maintain at least paying the cell phone bill and stuff like that. Cause as you know, it's a, it's a tough world in the music business, but um, we're fortunate enough to be able to make ends meet and keep touring the country to doing it. No, that's great. That's great. So let's start a little bit talking more about, um, you know, Jeff, again, reading your history and having you on several years ago. You know, this was something that was, it sounded like it was your baby. I mean, Three Pill Morning is something that's been around for over a decade now. Um, you know, this was something that you pushed and pushed until you found the right members. And interestingly, I think John might have been working with you even a little bit when I was interviewing him in digital summer if i remember correctly i think he was kind of helping out here and there but we'll, we'll get to that in a second but tell us a little bit about just how did you get involved in music and you know what kind of drove you as a kid what were some of your inspirations yeah you know i think it, music has always kind of been in my blood i mean even you know just long car rides and stuff uh even my daughter now you know loves to sing and you know all the all the little kids songs but then just kind of maintain that uh that interest in music. And then I think I was at some festival and probably had a little bit too much to drink and some friends that really egged me on to get on stage and do some freestyle rapping. And that was sort of the first time that I ever really got on stage. I'd done some performing previously, but I went up there and did pretty well. And everybody thought I did pretty well. So I was like, Hmm, maybe I can do a little more of this. And so uh, kind of coming out of that festival weekend, I decided that 
I might want to take this a little bit more seriously. And I was a, a drummer in all the other bands and things that I had done, so decided maybe wow. that I wanted to try singing and, and you know, rapping and, and all this other stuff um, from maybe from in front of the kit instead of being the drummer all the time. So uh kind of did that back in Minneapolis and then just started, you know, calling some friends, seeing if they wanted to jam a little bit. And, you know, long story short, we kind of take things here, but every step of the way it just was – setting new goals from playing a local club to having two people show up to hopefully 10 people show up and then a hundred and mm-hmm. 500, you know, and then it just kept building. So like John said, uh, and, and I said earlier, I'm a competitive dude. So, you know, I always want <laughs> more and no matter what level we've gotten to, we always want something more, which is the cool part about everybody that's in the band right now. Um, we just keep pushing for, for more opportunities and to, to try to, you know, grow this band as much as we can and, you know, unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, for I guess I, nothing's ever good enough for us, and we always want more. So that's kind of kept us motivated through everything. You know, I think I think that's important, and I think that's where some bands or even you know entertainers in general, I think, fall short sometimes. It's like when you said you stop striving and you stop, you know, persisting and trying to get that thing to the next level. Um, so it's great that you have that drive and that energy, and you know, that desire to do that. So flipping to you, John, tell us a little bit about, you know, again, when you were a kid and what started to get you involved in music. Did you play any other instruments besides guitar? Um, I, I remember, like it was yesterday, the first time that I wanted to pick up a guitar was uh, back in 1999 on my way to school when I heard Hire by Creed. And it sounded nice. like guitar <laughs> interest and sounded awesome. So I did some research and whatnot, and then I started seeing all these concert videos of, you know, Ozzy Osbourne and, and Zach Wilde, you know, in front of thousands and thousands of people. And I was like, oh, that'd be pretty cool. So I made the dumb decision to try and and make that a reality. So. Well, I don't think it's dumb. You guys are both extremely talented. And, I mean, the, the music you guys write is just phenomenal. It really is. Um, with with both of you, did you guys take any lessons? Is this something that you just kind of honed your skill on your own just through time and Hard work? Um, yeah, I'll start. I mean, most of it was just, I'd say where I, you know, really continue to grow vocally is just the fact that we play hundreds of shows a year. I mean, the, the way that I feel like we've become a, a really good live band is just by performing over and over and over again and, and critiquing what mm-hmm. we're doing and trying to get better, you know, comparing ourselves to some of our idols, some of the bands like, you know, like John mentioned and many more beyond that and just continuing to push ourselves to that level. I've had some vocal training and stuff, and that definitely helped, too, just to, you know, be able to sing the way we need to sing and, and move the way we need to um, and be able to, to have a voice that can support that. But, you know, a lot of this has just been trial by fire and, and being on the road learning how to do things. Right, right. And what about you, John? Yeah, I took guitar lessons uh, for three and a half years, and I did a lot of, music theory and just dexterity exercises and stuff like that. And I learned a lot from just watching live concert DVDs, honestly. Nice. Nice. Now, Jeff, can you read music at all or no, this is just kind of by ear? I used to be able to uh, back in school, but that gift has left me. I'm sure I could take a look at some sheet music and be able to understand it to a certain level, but not, uh, not at the level that someone that's really good at it would be able to. Right, right. And when you mentioned school, did um, just tell us a little bit about, did either of you guys go on to college after high school or any type of a, 
you know, trade or vocation, or did you just kind of go straight into trying to pursue the music and finding a job on the side? Yeah, I didn't get serious about music until I was in college. That's when, you know, uh, I played drums younger, but then got in, into college and playing in bands and stuff seemed like a cool thing to do. So that's really when it started was a little ways into college. And uh, it nice. wasn't until really almost almost through college that I decided I want to try singing and, and, you know, more of the performing side of things. So, yeah, it's, uh, it wasn't right away that I knew this is what I wanted to do, but once that bug kind of gets you and, and like John said, you start going to a few shows and I started to go to some larger live concerts and be there and you see those people in front of thousands of people saying, yeah, this is something I really want to do. You know, what do I got to do to get there? And then, you know, basically from there trying to push to figure it out. Okay. And where did you, um, where did you go to college, Jeff? And what did you, what you major in? I went to uh, school in North Dakota and uh, majored in mechanical engineering. Oh, wow. Okay. Nice. Which should scare the hell out of people because the fact that I got a degree is you should never fly in an airplane because I would never trust myself to do the math on any of that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah. <laughs> nice. Did you ever do anything with the mechanical engineering or no? <laughs> no, I didn't. Um, okay, know, that's like okay. I said, college it was a it was a miserable experience because uh i had to work so hard to try and pass those classes that math is tough stuff you know right. but um <laughs> i uh, i suffered my way through it and yeah ended up going the music route and the sales route and you know okay. sort of never looked back after oh i should never look back did you hear that there you go yeah. no pun intended <laughs> there you go yeah but yeah that's that's kind of my story okay and then um what about you john yeah, I graduated from University of Louisiana Lafayette. I was two years behind schedule, but I just needed to make sure that I remembered how to party when I left college. So <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, I was the president of my fraternity, Kappa Sigma. So I was really involved oh, on wow. campus and, and all kind of stuff. He's still okay. And did you? Sure. Yes, it, it looks like very much you are still. No, <laughs> but um, would. What did you uh, What did you major in? Did you major in accounting? Yeah, accounting and finance. Okay, there. Well, that can help you guys out, I'm sure, with the band and everything you guys are doing in terms of your oh, financial uh, management. <laughs> What's that? No, we don't trust him with our money at all. Oh no. <laughs> okay, so let's. Uh, why don't we go back to you, Jeff, and let's talk a little bit about. Like you said, with this band, this has definitely been kind of your baby. This has been something you've been honing for a long time to get it to where it is today. And talk a little bit about just some of the challenges that you had with finding the right members. Because it seems like from me just doing some research and reviewing, you guys have been together now for a while with, with the crux of uh, the members that you have. So what were some of the mm-hmm. challenges in the beginning? And then let's talk about how you found each of the guys that are in the band now. Right. Yeah, I mean – sort of the two levels right there's one finding people just in a local music scene where you all enjoy writing and performing the music that you're playing right so finding the right members there and once you do that if you make the commitment that you're going to hit the road and actually start touring that shakes everything up so the touring lifestyle is hard and especially in this day and age there's a misconception that you you get a record deal or you get a big tour that all of a sudden you're going to make all this money and, you know, just everything becomes so much easier. But really that's just where the struggles start um, with the highs and lows of it. So 
the fact of the matter is, unless you have guys that are mentally stable and understand how the game is played and just <laughs> all the things you're going to need to do to survive on the road, um, it's, it's tough. It's tough for people to actually maintain it. And, you know, the good part is the group that we have now is, is all members that that's what they've been looking for is a band that's aggressively touring and wants to see the world playing music and, and wants to interact with fans and be the band that's out, you know, really getting to know people and kind of changing the, the way that things are, are done in, in this business. So, you know, we're lucky that we all kind of share the same vision on that, but it took a long time to get there and it, and it takes the right kind of personalities to really meld and be able to do that on a consistent basis. So I think we all feel lucky right. that we're at that point right now to be able to do it. No, that's great. And not to, not to, again, not to be negative, but were there ever any moments? Cause again, it took a long time for you to get to where you are now and finding, like you said, the right members people that have the right mindset that gel well together, you know, were there ever moments when you're just like, geez, you know, am I just kind of hitting my head against a brick wall here trying to find these people, you know, that are like Mm -hmm. me and and having these challenges? Yeah. Yeah. I think we've all hit that point where we, we question what the hell we're doing. Um, But then, you know, you start out on a, on a tour like we are and, and you do something like the pledge campaign that we did and you start to see how many fans, you know, really care about what you're doing and you start to see the impact that your music has on people and, and that, that music in general has on people and that starts to make it all make sense again. And if you stay buried in the negative, then you never realize all the good that can be done by doing what right. we do. So, you know, yes, those moments have happened, but they're fairly short-lived because it's cured quickly by, you know, just paying attention to what your fans are saying. It's cured by taking the stage and performing and, and getting that reaction um, but yeah, if you stay in your own little dark hole and, and overassess everything and all the negative, it can it can swallow you up really quickly. And, and we've seen that happen to a lot of musicians. But you know, right. we're smart enough to stay right. on the road and remember why we're doing this. So we've been lucky in that regard. Nice. And uh, why don't you comment a little bit on John? How you eventually you know hooked up with uh, Jeff and Three Pill Morning as a as a full time gig now? Because I like I said, I, I vaguely remember you helping out and doing some guitar work and stuff. But, uh, yeah, tell us how that came to be. And if you don't mind commenting on what, you know, what happened to Digital Summer, too. Uh, with them, uh, it, life happened, really. Uh, Ian had twins. Okay. Kyle got um, – Guido was trying to finish his degree at that point in time. So it just got really slow, and I wasn't seeing eye to eye on the direction the band was headed. So, um, so I left, and then – uh, Jeff hit me up like October 2014 about filling in on some dates with the In This Moment tour because the guy they had at the time was having a, a kid, so they needed somebody to fill in. And it just kind of turned into a permanent gig once they saw how awesome I was. It was love. <laughs> right. Oh, gosh. I'm a psychologist, John. You don't want me to analyze you. No, I'm just joking. I am a psychologist, <laughs> but, but I'm just joking with that. Um <laughs> So, no, it sounds like it worked out really well, and I'm glad that you guys were able to, you know, connect and, and you know, make this band what it is today. Um, so let's do this. Let's uh, let's take a break, and let's uh, check out Electric Chair. Tell me a little bit about um, that song, Jeff, in terms of, you know, if you can recall, where were you when you were writing it? Again, I work in corrections, so, of course, right away, that definitely hit a nerve with me. Um, so tell yeah. me a little bit about the, the concept behind that song and, you know, what kind of inspired you with that yeah um well to to start the the creation of the song 
John had this guitar idea, which is, you know, really what, what the song has become that kind of set the tone for it. And, you know, all of us were kind of talking about just, just struggles in life, whether it's a relationship or just, you know, people that you trust really kind of stabbing you in the back and not, not keeping their word on, on things. And so we really started to start thinking about the situations we were in with our personal lives, situations we were in with just the struggles of the music business and everything else. And, and the lyrics sort of just wrote themselves as we started to really dig into the song. And so, you know, rather than have just this, this song about those situations, I really wanted to have something that, that told a story of, you know, really in the end you feel like you're, you're all alone and you're in solitary confinement and, you know, nothing like an electric chair to kind of drive that home and really feel like, you know, these people around you can fry you at any time. They can they can do things that are going to make your life less than desirable. And that imagery that's associated with, you know, what somebody would go through if you're on death row, I mean, there's it's very mm-hmm. memorable. And you can see that image in your head as soon as you, as soon as you even say the word. And so we went with it. And, you know, I think everybody digs the way that the song turned out. But we wanted something that just, hit home as far as that, that period of time in everyone's life where they just feel like they're alone in this, this horrible situation. Nice. So it's a great track. It's a great track. And just out of curiosity, I mean, there's so many tracks on the, you know, the album that I personally like. And when we come back, I'll mention some of those. But what made that one be the one that you said, you know what, we're going to use that one as a, our first single to promote it? We just, like I said, we just really liked the the – the concept of it and mm-hmm. thought that it was from an energy perspective and emotional perspective, what we wanted to come out the gate with as far as a single was concerned and something that we nice. thought that, you know, we feel like all the songs definitely have some relatability, but everybody's been in this kind of situation where, you know, they've been treated in a, in a crappy manner. So we want to come out the gate with that. And cause we've been living that, you know, we've all kind of lived through it. So we want to come with that energy and that story, right? Up there. All right. Well said. So let's do this. I'll put you guys on hold, and then we'll uh, come back and continue the interview, okay? Cool. Thanks, Gary. All right. Sure. Hold on. All right, everyone. You're listening to Jeff and John from 3 Co. Morning, and we're going to check out their hit single, Electric Chair. It is currently on Octane. I love hearing it. It's uh, playing all the time. And please be sure to pick up a copy of their album, Never Look Back, which will be out on July 29th. All right, so here's Electric Chair, and we'll be back in a moment.
show again electric chair by three pill morning awesome song and uh be sure to pick up their album never look back which will be out on july 29th all right guys great track love it thank you yeah really really cool stuff um i know jess comment on this real quick before i forget because i want to just pull this in there you write lyrics it looks like a lot from reading about some of your backgrounds when you're doing a lot of the traveling and driving when you're on tour Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is is that something yeah. that just comes really naturally to you? Do you ever kind of get that writer's block where you struggle a little bit? Talk a little bit about your process in terms of writing. Yeah, I, I think if I have if I have to just sit down and write something, it's challenging. Um, but if I'm always sort of in writing mode and, and as things pop into my head, I can either sing them into my phone or, or type out some lyrical ideas. I'm I'm much better at it then, so I really mm-hmm. just try to make sure I've always got my phone on me. And, you know, like I said, staring out the window while we're driving from town to town, I, I do a lot of thinking and a lot of lyrics just sort of pop into my head, a lot of melodies just pop into my head, uh, you know, rolling around yeah. when I am back home, same kind of deal. So I always, things just kind of pop out of nowhere for me, so that I, I definitely need to capture it right in that moment. Mm-hmm. Definitely. This is. I'm just going to ask you this because this is an interesting question. I don't know if I've ever asked anyone this. Have you ever had any moments where you actually dreamt of a song or anything like that, or had some like melody ideas, like when you're actually in kind of like a sleep mode, so to speak? Has that ever happened? Not in a deep sleep, but before bed, a lot of songs I've I've thought of. So you know, I'll be getting ready to fall asleep, and all of a sudden something will pop into my head, and you know, I'll have to wake okay. up. And- pop the phone on and sing into it or type, mm-hmm. you know, type the lyrics into it. And then cool. uh, hopefully cool. remember nice. more about it the next morning. Nice. Nice. Yeah. It's just interesting. I've read a little bit about that and I've heard some things about that. And I was just curious to see if you ever had that experience. Um, so just getting back to some of the music and then we'll kind of move around again a little bit. I mean, some of the tracks personally that I love off the album are the title track. Never look back is great. Um, Vultures is killer. One of my favorite ones. I love Vultures. Um, Escape is an awesome track too. 
And uh, I really like the track, too. Tonight, uh, I wrote you a song. That's a really cool one, too. So, yeah, there's cool. just so many great tracks on it. Yeah. Yeah, some really cool stuff. So, bring, why don't you bring in the other members, too? Just introduce, um, of course, Ryan Ripley. And, and how does he get that Ripley kind of nickname? Um, at the time that he joined the band, we had another guitar player named Ryan, so he could either have some obnoxious name that we made up, or we gave him a chance to make up his own nickname, and I think his, his email was something like R.P. Lee or something, so went with Ripley, and he said he had that as a kid, too, so that's where that was <laughs> Okay. And um, how long has he been with you guys, Ryan, the bassist? Uh, boy, three and a half years. Okay, that's it. I thought he was with you longer. I guess he was... Maybe you must four. have been pretty new when I Okay. Okay. Yeah. And what about um Trent? When did Trent come on board, the drummer? Well that that'll be good because Trent's not in the band anymore. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's fine. Was that recent? Uh yeah, back in May. Okay, okay, yeah, because I'm sorry, when I, you know, when I do my research and I look up the bios and, you know, things like that on you guys, so who's who's the, who's playing with you now for drums? Got a, a longtime friend of mine, Tom Dupree, is out drumming with us right now. He is actually the drummer on the Black Tie Love Affair album, so we've got a lot of history, worked on a lot of music together, and, and he's out doing this album with us right now. Cool, okay, okay, well, welcome, Tom. Very cool. Okay, tell yeah. us a little bit about... um. You guys did have a break, you know, between Black Tie Love Affair and, of course, the release of this new album that's coming up. And in that time, you know, just talk a little bit about, you know, it was a it was a bit of a time between, you know, a chunk of time, about three years between your last album and this one. And tell us a little bit about the process in terms of what was going on that you took. I don't want to say a long break because, you know, it's all relative to what's, you know, important to each band and how they work. But um, tell us a little bit about the break and the time frame that you guys had in terms of, bringing out this new album. Yeah. Well, obviously after we released Black Tie Love Affair, it was all about touring, and we did that pretty nonstop for two years, just trying to get in front of as many people and, you know, aware of the band and, and the music as possible, which was huge for us. And, you know, kind of put us in the position we're in right now to really have a successful uh, sophomore album. You know, we got through that two years, and we... We started writing some music and, and thought it was so-so. I um, didn't really like the direction it was going. And at the time, we were really going to focus on some studio time. We got an opportunity to hit the road with Fear of a Dead Man. And that mm-hmm. went right into uh, the tour that, that John started with the band in um, on the In This Moment side of things. And as we got on the, those tours, you know, we really started to... Um, we had some ideas that kind of came up on the road. We had some existing stuff that we... You know, we took a look at and really thought were some good ideas, and we just started to really realize that we wanted to do, you know, we wanted to write some music that really was the way we wanted to do it. And we wanted to have some edge. We wanted it to be heavier. We wanted to capture the energy of our live show and the emotion that we're trying to get across. Really just try to make sure that we're doing this as raw and energetic as possible. So we took the mm-hmm. approach to really try to record the album while we were touring. So we'd go out for three weeks. We'd record for two weeks. We'd go out for three weeks. You know, so obviously that add on another year of doing that kind of process. And the cool part of it was we were really able to capture, you know, something like Electric Chair that started out as a riff that John had. Well, we recorded that during a a one-week break that we had between a couple of headlining tours we were doing. And, you know, I was 
we were writing lyrics that were just very about that period of time. And so rather than overthinking it, we just set up in the studio and you know, a lot of even just the demo tapes of these songs were what ended up being kept on the album. I mean, we were all about wow. very, you know, raw first time, capture that emotion, you know, do do the best job that you can and let's really try to capture that. And, you know, that, that ended up being our best stuff is the stuff we didn't overthink and just kind of trusting our, you know, our instincts of what we wanted to do and taking some risks that we hadn't really taken before. Um, and then sort of couple in the, the pledge campaign where we hadn't really been able to get fans involved in the recording process. Um, now we've mm-hmm. had an avenue where we could actually show how grueling that recording process can be, all while trying to balance staying on the road and trying to stay relevant at the same time and keep our name out there. So that's kind of what took us the amount of time, but we're sure glad that we did because it took us a little while to figure out what the hell we wanted to do and what we were really going for. And then once it all clicked, I mean, the album kind of wrote itself. I mean, there were times where, you know, John and I were just sitting in the the control room and and he had a riff when we wrote Vultures in 30 minutes. I mean, it just happened. Wow. And everything just sort of came flying out and we tracked it that day. I mean, so those are the kind of cool things that happened throughout the recording process. Whereas in the past, we might've just, beat the crap out of something until it wasn't cool anymore and here we really tried to keep it organic and keep it energetic no I think that's a really interesting approach that you took because it it makes sense now because it's not just like oh these guys were gone for three years like you said I mean I think that's really cool that you're trying to stay relevant you know you don't want people to think that you fell off the face of the earth if you're recording for a year or two but at the same time like you said you're trying to balance you know getting ready to get that new record out so I think that's a really cool approach that you took and I think it, it worked out well Good. Yeah, we're we're very excited about it. We're very excited about the end result. We don't plan on taking three years before our next release comes out again, but you right. know, it had to be what it was for, for the songs to end up the way that they are and to be about the things that they're about. You know, we had to be out on the road kind of experiencing a lot of that stuff and I think that's where that, that harder edge and the you know, the lyrical content of this particular album. I think we were excited to be on the road and, you know, have a have a deal during Black Tie Love Affair. Now, maybe even some of the songs are a little bit more fun and, and sort of tongue-in-cheek, whereas this one is more like it's the serious side of us. I mean, even some mm-hmm. of the songs that have a little bit more positive message, there's there's more serious um, type of content to that versus something like A Loser where we're calling people out for being a, you know, a waste of space. But on this one, we're much more about, you know, you really got to get out there and do something with your life. And, and songs like The Hunted, you know, kind of kind of talk about that kind of scenario. So. Yeah, it's it's definitely been interesting to kind of look at those two albums and look at how much we've changed as far as the way we're feeling things and the way that we approach things from just a, a maturity level to some degree. Definitely, definitely. And you, are you guys currently, you're currently with a different, is it a label, the Fuel Music? Is it a label that you're mm-hmm. with or is that a, okay, it's a label? Yep. Okay. And what led to you switching? Because you were originally signed with page two music right and i know it's not it's not uncommon for people to you know change labels and management i mean i see that happening all the time but any particular reason just maybe because of the direction you were going in and taking a new you know kind of approach to your music yeah that that had a lot to do with it i mean you know we've had we've had decent experiences all the way through but you know we're really looking for somebody that um you know, that had a lot of success going on at the time and really wanted to, you know, to, to try to help us take everything to the next level. So, um, you know, they had artists like uh, Thousand Foot Crutch and Adelita's Way and, you know, doing stuff with Lacey Sturm. So a lot of bands cool. that were are doing really well, 
um, for them to, you know, want to take a chance with us and, and really, you know, push us as the band that they want to break um, to that next level was something exciting for us. And it was more than that. I mean, we had, we had some decent opportunities, but the, the thing it came down to is just who do we, you know, who do we really have a good relationship with and who do we trust is going to do the right thing and, and seems to really get what we're going after. And, um, you know, that was the kind of relationship that we were able to build over, you know, really the course of a year and a half is when we had first started talking. So, yeah, it's been cool and, and, you know, obviously trying to do everything we can do and they're trying to do the same thing. Cool. No, I mean, I think that's so important that you find people, like you said, that you just feel really comfortable with, that you have a trusting relationship with and, uh, you know, that have your best interests in mind. So that's great. Congratulations on, you know, hooking up with them and uh, hopefully they're going to do what they need to do to get you guys even further than you already are. Right. Yeah, definitely. So who, um, Jeff, who mixed the album? And, you know, if John wants to comment too, I feel bad. I don't want John to feel left out by any means. Um, you know, tell us a little bit about who. (laughs) He's been pretty quiet. That doesn't seem like that's pretty, uh, typical of John, but, um, all right, just, just don't harm him. (laughs) So, yeah, tell us a little bit about, you know, who mixed it, and uh, it's, it's great. I mean, it, it sounds awesome. Yeah, it was a, a local guy out of Minneapolis named Ian Combs, and he actually did some of the guitar tracks on it, too, that were kind of kind of written before I joined. So uh, it was cool working with Ian because he's, like, the Jeff, good at every instrument. <laughs> so it was cool to, uh, to bring him guitar parts and, you know, he changed some things around, recommended things, and it just kind of opened up uh, more vocal melody stuff for Jeff. So, um, cool. yeah, it was really fun to work with him. Um, you know, obviously we want I, – I love playing acoustic guitar, so I'd like to record some acoustic songs with Ian, too, and see what he would do with those. Nice. And did Ian also produce it? Did he both mix and produce it? Yep, he produced and mixed it. And, that you know, that was one of the big things that changed for us as far as the recording process. Um, you know, we, rather than going and working with this big name producer, or that big name, we were mm-hmm. all about trying to surround ourselves with people that were hungry to, you know, to really create something special and really even trying to pull from the Minneapolis scene, um, you know, and all the talented people that we had up there where there's a lot of people hungry to be photographers and videographers and, you know, doing, you know, lots of different things. So rather than us going and, and spending money or time with, a quote-unquote name, let's work with people that really care about Three Pill and what right. we're trying to accomplish are going to give their heart and soul to it. And, you know, that's definitely what Ian did as far as the the album is concerned and what, you know, other people that have shot videos and did photo shoots with us and all that. I mean, everybody kind of came to the table as much as they could give, which is what's going to help us kind of, you know, take things further than we would have going another direction, I think. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool to hear you say that because, you know, it's unfortunate, but everyone thinks, you know, you need this this big mix engineer, this big mastering engineer on your, you know, on your songs. And, you know, again, you guys, your stuff sounds just as good, if not even better, you know, than some of the stuff with, with some of the biggest people out there. So I think that's really cool that you guys do that. And it's not about egos and trying to just kind of boast about who mixed or who mastered it. It's about the product and people putting their right. hard work in. Right, song or not. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's great. It's, I mean, yeah, it sounds awesome. It sounds really good. So um, let's see, what else can I ask you guys? And then let's check out, uh, well, let's do this. Let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back, and we'll tie some things up, talk about the upcoming tour that you're on. All right, so let's check out. I know I'm permitted to play uh, 
Bottom of the Barrel, which is another great track. And uh, yeah, tell us a little bit about that one. Okay. Tell you now about it or after you play it? Yeah, yeah, no, talk about it now a little bit, and then we'll we'll check it out. Oh, sure. Yeah, um, yeah, that was one of those songs that's touring. Um, you know, you, you go on the road, and, and from time to time, you run into a lot of different egos, whether it's a, a club promoter or, you know, even potentially other bands and stuff like that, where, you know, a lot of times we are the new band on the block, and for the most part, everybody's really awesome to us. But every now and then, and it doesn't matter if you're talking band or, or life in general, there's somebody that power trips on you. And uh, mm-hmm. basically, bottom of the barrel. And yeah, we might be we might be small fish right now, but just wait till you know, wait till everything happens, and we're gonna roll on you, kind of story. So, uh, sort of our nice. underdog, watch the hell out messaging, um, and the fact that you know, just in life, just treat people with respect and and be a decent person instead of a dick. <laughs> Absolutely, I think again, another very relatable universal song that people can uh, appreciate, and I think we've all been there at one point or another. Cool. All right, guys, we'll hold on again. We'll uh, we'll check that out, and then we'll come back and, and start uh, wrapping some stuff up, okay? Cool. All right, hold on. Okay, everyone, we're going to check out Bottom of the Barrel, which is another awesome track off of Three Pill Morning's new album, Never Look Back. So take a listen, and we'll be back shortly. <laughs> We 
everybody, again, once, once again, welcome back to the Terry Edelman Show, Three Pill Morning and another awesome track, Bottom of the Barrel, off of their album, Never Look Back. So once again, check it out and pick it up on July 29th. All right, let's bring these guys back on and we'll start to uh, wrap things up. All right, great, guys. An awesome, awesome track again. Awesome, thanks. Cool. Very cool. So, um, yeah, please uh, talk a little bit about, you know, the upcoming tour. I know it's it's called the Exhale Tour, correct? Yes. Yeah. Cool. Very um, cool. Yeah, it's really cool. You know, um, got a, uh, John and I got a chance to meet Trevor in Thousand Foot Crutch out in Vegas, and we've both been Thousand Foot Crutch fans for a long time, and I know mm-hmm. the Adelitas guys a bit, too, and so to, to finally get a chance to have all three of our bands together, um, and touring along with Smashing Satellites is, is really cool. So, yeah, it's, it's from sort of cover to cover. It's just awesome bands, and it seems like everybody's just really chill and really fun and all about the fans. So I think it's going to be a really memorable tour. That's great. That's great. How many tours have you guys done so far? How many tours? Oof. A lot. No, 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 not tours. No, 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 not tours. I'm sorry. How many shows so far have you done with the new tour that you're on? Oh, sure. Uh, the actual, we've uh, we just got done with Rockfest and a couple of shows here with Adelita's Way. The actual oh, okay. campaign starts Wednesday for us in uh, Cleveland. Gotcha. Okay, I wasn't sure because I knew you guys were on the road, so I wasn't sure if maybe you, you did one or two shows. But, okay, so it starts this week. Yep. Cool. Very cool. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a great lineup, and I think you fit really well sonically with, you know, everyone that's on the bill. So, it's, yeah, it sounds like it's going to be a great, great tour for you guys. Definitely. Yeah, we're really excited. Nice, nice. So, yeah, share with us a little bit about, you know, what do you guys like to do in your free time? If you have a free moment, which I know it's probably challenging because you're either driving or, you know, getting ready to play a show or playing a show. So, you know, any interesting hobbies that you guys have? Any, I know John's into the Cowboys and, and watching football and stuff, but, uh, you know, any interesting other things that you guys like to do in some, when you have some downtime? <laughs> Not really. Right? I mean, Netflix. Yeah, no? Netflix and chill is about it. You know, I mean, we watch a lot of movies, okay. and uh, you know, uh, other than that, I mean, we listen to a lot of music. We we watch a lot of TV, and we give each other a lot of crap, and that pretty much takes up the day. Okay. What types of any specific TV shows that you watch on Netflix, or any types of genres of movies you like? Um. No, I mean whatever's new. Uh okay. pretty good about <laughs> about finding out what movies are are available and and getting them downloaded for us to watch. So it's uh he's the movie guy and uh he's usually got a, a few ready to go from Netflix when we hit the road. So it's good. It's good to have nice. him around for that. He's our uh he's our entertainment uh coordinator. Nice. Nice. Well, guys, it was great having you on, and the album, like I said, it's it's a killer album, and I really wish you much success with it. I think it's going to do very well. Awesome. Thank you. We're glad, glad you enjoy it, and we, we can't wait for people to get a chance to hear it. You know, it's been a long time coming, and we're, we're stoked about it. And it's been so fun playing the new songs live. The feedback that we've gotten from people is is insane. I mean, usually people just sit and stare at you when you play something new that they haven't heard before, but the reaction to songs people haven't heard before has been better than we could have even imagined. So if that's any indication, we think we got something pretty special here. 
That's great. That's great. Well, again, guys, much success to you, and um, I look forward to bringing you back on again at some point in the future when you have new music, but right now let's just focus on uh, promoting Never Look Back. Sounds good. Thanks, Carrie, for having us. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, definitely, guys. Thank you so much. Good luck with your tour, and uh, good luck with the release of the album on the 29th. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, have a great night, John and Jeff. Take care. Bye. All right, everyone, again, John and Jeff from Breathe Home Morning, and uh, be sure to check out their new album, Never Look Back, which will be out on July 29th. If for some reason you tuned in late to the interview and you want to catch the whole interview, there will be a podcast available after it's over where you can uh, download it or stream it off my site, or you can also go to iTunes and search The Carrie Edelman Show. I have all of the interviews available there, and uh, you can check them out for free. So thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. Thank you for the continued support. As I mentioned at the opening of the interview tonight, I've done over 200 interviews. So please check them out. So many great bands, comedians. I've done some interviews with filmmakers. And every interview is very unique and different. I I really do my research and put a lot of effort into making these something that's going to be memorable and something that you'll really learn things about these uh, guests that you won't hear about other places. So if you want to follow me on Twitter at Carrie Edelman, I will follow you back. I also have uh, two Facebook pages. You can find the one that's not maxed out and uh, send me a friend request because I love to keep in touch with people that way too. And also become a fan of the Carrie Edelman Show on Facebook. That's where you can check uh, upcoming interviews and more. I do keep that up to date. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in tonight. And, again, once again, check out Three Pill Morning and their album, Never Look Back, which will be out July 29th. Thanks again and have a great night.